Welcome back to Industry Leader's Journey. My name is Su Shim. In this episode, we will take you to the chemical industry. Today's guest is Thomas Meinel, who is leading the indirect procurement organization at Ebonic. Ebonic is one of the largest specialty chemical companies in the world. Having been on both IT and procurement sides, Thomas has a unique perspective on two very hot topics, digitalization and sustainability. But the real interesting part is always a story. I'm sure you will enjoy the story about Thomas's childhood friend who became the table tennis world champion. Now, let's begin the journey. Hi, Sue. Thank you for having me today. Greetings from Frankfurt in Germany. I'm excited to join your journey today, Thomas. Before we jump into the career section, I wanted to start with these questions about your childhood friend. I heard you have a really famous friend. Can you tell me a little bit about him? Yeah, that's right. I always had a passion and my passion is playing table tennis. One of my friends is Jörg Oskopf, who turned out to become one of the best table tennis players in Germany of all times. Jörg and myself, we're part of the same training center in Frankfurt and, and he is an idol still because of the way he acted. Um, he had great talent, much more than I have for sure. But there were many others in the world having the same level of talent or maybe having even more than he had. But what made the difference is that he always trained harder than the rest. He was enthusiastic to get better every single day. And as a result, he became one of the best players in the world. And this is, from my point of view, a very inspiring characteristic, which is also a mantra in my life. Always give your best and then try to get better every single day. Till today, Jörg and I are still friends. And at least once a year, we, we spend some time together going on vacation for a couple of days uh, in a group of friends. And, and that is what shows the second important characteristic I, I can also learn from him. Even when being successful in life, always stay on the ground and, and keep your friends. Does he let you win once in a while? Uh, no, <laughs> actually, no. He, the difference is too big, but that's okay. To play each other sometimes is, is a great uh, opportunity. That, that's enough. <laughs> good, good, good. All right. I know that you actually spent some time in the USA. Maybe tell me a little bit about that time. I studied uh, industrial engineering at the University of Darmstadt in Germany. And yeah, why, why did I do this? I was attracted from this field as I always was interested in the area of science and engineering, as well as business administration and industrial engineering for me was a perfect combination to, to be able to learn both. And one more reason was that, that this industrial engineering had, had the reputation that it covered a huge variety. It was supposed to be difficult, had high hurdles, numerous classes, and it felt like a, like a great challenge. And I, I wanted to accept this challenge. During my university time, as you just mentioned, I, I actually got a scholarship to study in the US. That was a great opportunity for me to, to study at the Georgia State University in Atlanta, Georgia for about one year. My topic in my study thesis was within the area of international banking law, which to be honest, is not my real favorite, but nevertheless, having the chance to study in the US with this scholarship was, was so much motivation. I didn't hesitate and, and, and went there. And you have to remember beginning of the nineties when I was there, times were different. I mean, modern communication like the internet and email was not established at all. So, so you really spent your time in a foreign country 
far away from home with a very limited contact to friends and, and family. But being there, I, I made so many friends from an uncounted number of countries. And to live in a foreign country, learning about the culture, learning about many different cultures, um, was an extraordinary experience. I'm, I'm very grateful that I had the chance to do so. This opened my mind till, till today for different cultures, different ways of thinking, different lifestyles, and it shaped my character. I came over to Canada when I was a third year in university. And yeah, that it just opened my mind. It's like, you know, all this multicultural, amazing. So let's dive into a little bit on this career journey. And uh, I want to start with uh, Evanik because uh, you practically grew up there, spent almost 20 years. And for the listeners, um, can we talk about what Evanik does? It's a specialty chemical company, but uh, unless you studied uh, some chemistry in high school, <laughs> it might be a little bit difficult. Well, what kind of a chemicals <laughs> you guys make? And maybe you can explain in a in simple English term so that normal people can understand. I can definitely give it a try. And as you say, I'm, I'm not a chemist, so I will not dive deep in, into a chemical expression that's that's not my home turf but as i just stated avonic is one of the largest specialty chemical companies in the world we have more than thirty-two thousand employees in more than 100 countries and, and the vision of us is to make life better day in and day out and i think this is a great vision which also motivates me and to also give my best every single day avonic itself is in the b2b business so our products and our brand in, in many cases is not very well known. However, our products are integral part of many products everybody knows and everybody uses on a day-to-day -day basis. And our mission is that no product is so perfect that you cannot improve it. And we make, for example, car tires more fuel efficient, mattresses fluffier, pills more effective and animal food healthier. So you can see we are not just part of the product, but in many cases, our ingredients make the difference. And as an example, in, in addition, we, we currently have one area of products which are of, I would say, real importance. In our business line healthcare, we are a worldwide leader in the field of drug delivery. And Evonik has supported uh, various COVID-19 vaccine projects from development to the production of clinical samples. And currently, we have the only established process for transporting this mRNA, the messenger RNA, into the human cell with an encapsulation by means of lipid nanoparticles, the LNP. So a technology where Avonik is a global leader. And, and we are really proud to be part of this in the current vaccines. And I hope they will all help to overcome our pandemic. And, and it's great to see which results we can achieve in a short period of time. And I'm also personally proud to be part of this company and part of the solution. I don't think about that. Uh, some chemical companies are contributing to vaccine, right? We just think about always uh, these pharmaceutical companies are always in the news, but you guys are making that happen. That's value chain. So I know you started at the uh, IT side of the house in Evanik. Currently, you're in the procurement. So let's talk about that a little bit on your transition in your career. How have you been leveraging all your background and that experience in procurement now? Before I started my career at Avonik, I spent some years in other companies. And, and I, I think that was also important for me because it was a gift for me to learn. 
very different company cultures. First, I started in a medium-sized company and then went to Gillette as being part of a, a global player headquarters in the US and both companies, as well as at Vonnegut, the third one, influenced my business career a lot and I still benefit from the experience in these cultures. From a content perspective during my career, I spent some time in different areas, as you already mentioned, within IT, within the business unit, in one period of time being responsible for our business process organization. And I was able to get a view to the company from different angles. And also these perspectives still helped me a lot to understand better and to initiate the right actions to achieve the best results possible. And as you said about IT, after staying in IT for a longer period of time, I, I wanted to explore a new area. I mean, that, that, that's me. I always want to, to explore and learn and, and um, think about new things. And procurement always was one of my favorites. As this is a primary function in the enterprise and, and it has a significant influence for the success of a company. For example, within indirect procurement, together with my team, I'm responsible for a spend volume of more than 2 billion euros, and, and therefore you really influence the bottom line of our balance sheet. And it also combines different capabilities, economic aspects, as well as technical ones. And in addition, what also drives me with my IT background, procurement can be one of the front runners for the transformation into the digital world. My experience in IT, I think definitely helps a lot to bring together on the one hand side, technical possibilities and the needs of a procurement organization. Having a background in different areas and cultures is for me a good basis to, yeah, to just ask questions, question old structures and behaviors and, and trying to open up the overall mindset and, and to combine this with a from my point of view, fascinating possibilities in our today's technological world. It's it's a key for our transformation into the future. So I read an article that uh, you were interviewed. I mean, it was German, so I I don't I don't speak German, but <laughs> I, Google translated for me, so I read it. It's called Chemical Manager, uh, and you emphasize the importance of data and process an end-to-end -end platform. And uh, I guess that's what you ma made it happen, you know, uh, for the Ebonic digital transformation. And you are probably applying the same approach for the procurement platform, digital transformation. Can you tell me a little bit about how Ebonic is uh, handling procurement digital transformation and platform? In my time within IT, I, I learned about the power and necessity of, of platforms. We in Ebonic have built platforms for the whole company on a real global basis. So today we have one global SAP ERP system implemented, which covers more than 95% of the overall revenue of Evonik. We also have one global platform for procurement already, which in our case is Ariba. And I feel there's, there's a lot of power in platforms and, and they are a solid ground to be successful in the area of digitalization. Um, we in procurement, we, we definitely also use them, as I said, and based on these platforms, we really can develop in, in whatever direction we, we want to proceed. We, we can talk about in sustainability and process efficiency, in going into new worlds of, of the digital world. It's, it's for nearly everything, the basis and the solid ground. The foundation for everything that will come ahead, yeah. 
So far, what was your most fulfilling and proud、uh, moment as you were leading this procurement organization? And that's an interesting question, actually. When 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 I joined procurement organization, it was about two years ago, to to lead the indirect procurement division. I first I was eager to to get to know the people within the organization. I quickly learned that the organization itself was quite successful, also having a good reputation within the company. Nevertheless, the internal mood did not reflect this. So. I tried to investigate reasons behind and what needed to be changed. And one observation was that everybody was working hard for the KPIs in meetings. The amount of time discussing, reporting, and explaining differences in KPI took took a majority of the management time. This, for me, resulted in the situation that that only a smaller portion of the time was was left to discuss opportunities and future business. So one big change I initiated was was to. To really cut down these discussions to an absolute minimum, I told my people that I do not want to talk too much about all KPIs and go into detail why we did not achieve them in this or that one detailed situation. Because I, I have the strong opinion that my buyers have the best expertise and do their job much better than I would be able to do so.、Mm-hmm. Thus, we should focus our discussion on guardrails, on guidance, on opportunities, on pre. Future strategies, and if if we do so, that's what I told them. I'm convinced that we will achieve our targets. Just as a result of all our efforts, we certainly will keep an eye on the KPIs, but not spending so much time to to discuss them. Guess what the outcome was?、Uh, we achieved in our most important financial KPIs, which is savings and days to pay, an all-time high. As well in calendar year. 2019, like year number one for me, and the same for calendar year 2020.、Mm-hmm. And now we are all proud of these results, and and we even strive for a new all-time high in 2021. And I'm confident we will also achieve this this year again. I love that leadership quality. You totally empowering people because you trust them and you respect their skill sets and expertise, and then. You you give them、uh, some space so they can do their things, and it's really leading to the super high performance organization, like reaching their full potential. So that's really awesome. Right, right. I I think that that is really important as you as you stated, and and beyond even beyond this, I I think we had to do even more. To more that was just one example. I think this is a was was a very good one, at least a good learning for me. But we had to do more to to change the overall situation and on how we work together in in a modern world. And and maybe I can tell you about one supposedly small change, what in the end turned out to be a pretty big emotional change in in the whole organization. So after I was there for one hundred days in my new role. I invited for a presentation to talk about my observations, my future plans for the organization, and within this speech, I offered to all members of my organization to get me addressed by my first name. In the U.S., this might sound like a small thing. However, in in, in Germany, especially in a chemical company with a long tradition, this is not too common. And this small change, as part of many others,、uh, changed a lot in our culture. And I think changing and developing our culture is what what we need to be successful because we need this transformation into the future. So I'm gonna change the gear a little bit. Can you give us、uh, some example on how does、uh, procurement actually help 
improving sustainability? For us as a company, but also for procurement, sustainability is, let's say, not a, not a real new topic. It is one of our major topics and, and part of our, let's say, big and important KPI since, since many years. Um, we, we, we have been a, a member of the foundation of you might have heard the initiative Together for Sustainability, where we as a company, and especially that's driven by procurement, um, we, we assess our vendors in, in regards of sustainability, um, evaluate this and, and let them grow and develop um, with us and for us. Same holds true for us as Evonik. We are also member, sure, and we are also assessing ourselves in this TFS area and where we also can find out uh, where do we stand in sustainability. We currently have the so-called gold status, which is quite good, but it still shows a lot of areas where, where we can still improve. Our own assessment is not only focused on how we treat suppliers. That's how we, for example, work as a company. Do we really strive to sustainability? Do we, as an example, reduce CO2? How we change our energy mix, how we produce our energy, how we are even able to, to change or replace pieces in our production. So it's, it's a big area where we as Evonik show and, and, and strive in all areas where we can influence and, and where we can contribute to, to this um, sustainability goal. This is perfect timing to talk about the combination of digitalization and sustainability, two favorite topics. Actually, you're doing it now because, uh, you know, you're all from IT and then now sustainability leading that uh, from the procurement. So how do you see these two things come together? Side these, these two topics don't seem to have together too much in common. But if, if you look a little bit closer and a little bit deeper, deeper, I think they have a lot in common and, and, and go hand in hand, so to speak. We talked a lot about platforms, IT platforms as a basis, as a solid ground, and as a yeah, crucial part to, to go into the digitalization area on the one hand side. We already touched a little bit sustainability as what I feel the second really important topic of, of today's world. We touched a little bit this this TFS as an as an example. Um, this is the so-called EcoVadis platform. That's that's the company on where, where it, it all runs. And also there the platform is the basis. So you have this EcoVadis platform with now um, more and more participants and now even 10,000 shared assessments of suppliers around the world where you really can also share on a platform what we are doing, what others are doing um, and where do we stand on, on the um, sustainability area. Just like uh, Aliba Network is a platform where all these supplier buyers come together, right? Exactly. Right. That's another very good example. And I think that's, that's the basis for nearly everything. So also for sustainability. If you really want to make a lot of progress in sustainability, you, you need a lot as a precondition. Having platforms, having clear measurements for sustainability, for CO2, for, for everything you do in this area is important. Having data, having rules and getting transparency. And if you do not have this, you will never reach a good target. But if you have this as a basis, you will get transparency more and more and this increases the possibility to to do things better 
to increase efficiency and processes for being more sustainable, to reduce waste and to whatever you need to change. So it's, it's a basis. And for this basis, you also then have, have the possibility to make the right decisions to, to steer our company as well as our society into the future. So both are needed and, and you can one cannot go without the other. Right. It's almost being digitalization is prerequisite for sustainability now. And I actually wanted to uh, wrap it up with some lessons learned and your wisdoms. Can you give some advice to any procurement professionals who want to have more meaning in their life and work at the same time so they feel fulfilled? My advice for every individual would be to first find out about your intrinsic motivation. But I think this is the basis to, to satisfy yourself and to also make you successful. For example, my intrinsic motivation is to do things better. To explain this a little, I mean, there are things everybody likes, for example, to earn money, having responsibility, or maybe even having power, having a good reputation, especially within the top management and so on. There's many things. Nevertheless, you have to find out what, what really makes you happy. For me, it is that I have the feeling that I made things better. This can be small things, which might not be really noticed by others, but I'm convinced that this that it helped. Or it can be even huge things, huge topics, strategies, which will help a lot in the future. Both are equally important. So what really drives me and satisfies me at the end of the working day is that I have the feeling for myself that I was able to make things better. Life journey starts with a self-awareness and that's what you're talking about. Basically, you need to really know what really motivates you internally. That's great. So let's finish the sentence. This this is my last question. Um, I am optimistic. I'm always an optimistic person. Leading the indirect procurement organization, I'm optimistic because I'm convinced that we are prepared for our transformation into the future. We have a great team with great people. They're highly motivated and working with enthusiasm and try to make us better. We have great platforms where we execute our processes, where we can analyze data and processes to get the right impulses. And that's, that leads to that we are already in the new technologies like AI and others to implement these and find out where we can benefit. And I'm optimistic overall because we are living in a very interesting time with a lot of amazing changes. And we are the ones having the opportunity and the obligation to transform into the future. That's wonderful. This conversation has been really positive and lots of like enlightening wisdoms in there. Um, not just being successful in career, but just in life. So I really thank you for joining me and sharing your story. And uh, we'll do it again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sue. Thanks a lot for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Industry Leaders Journey. This series is produced by the Industry Value Chain team at SAP, where we are committed to making the world run better and improving people's lives. For more information and to access all of our podcasts, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Ariba.com.